Well, here we are. Yeah, welcome back, Redneck Redeemed. <laughs> welcome to Redneck Redemption. I think this is uh, episode 11, man. Yeah, yeah. We're sitting on the front porch of the cabin, and uh, it's about two weeks after we record our last episode. Yes, sir. Drew and his wife and two kiddos been kind of halfway living here the last couple of weeks. God, you know, you've stayed here longer than anybody's ever stayed here in a row. Uh. In 16 years. You're like wow. a punk. Yeah. And I've always dreamed of doing what you're doing. You're having a blast, aren't you? Oh, I'm having an ever-living ball. I'm, I'm been experimenting with stuff. The last three or four days, I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off all over the, the south side of Arkansas. <laughs> well, hey, you may hear some background noises tonight. We, I don't know with these microphones if you're going to be able to pick it up, but we're sitting on the front porch. We're, man, we might be 60 yards from... The Missouri River. Uh, it's August second, and the uh, the night air is a little bit warm. Our wives are, are sitting around the table and they're playing some cards, and uh, we're just here talking about life and sharing stuff with you guys. And so glad to be here with you again. Yes, sir. Uh, you'd have been you'd have probably been pretty entertained if you'd seen what we've been doing like the last forty five minutes trying to figure out how in the world to make these microphones work. <laughs> yeah, you got two technologically uh challenged rednecks trying to speak figure for out yourself <laughs> speak says, for yourself says the one who said oh it's a simple fix i just can't figure out where the right button is <laughs> that's exactly right i mean i knew it was one click man we we're one click away for 45 minutes from getting this baby rolling but anyway yes, sir. we got um, it rolling now yeah it would have been entertaining we have a our uh, my third son jonathan is uh he is our techno wizard and so Man, anytime we get in trouble, I try not to call him. That's how come I waited so long. I can do this. I can do this. Uh, 45 minutes into it, I finally said, I forget it. And we just called Jonathan. He said, click on this. Oh, there it is. I'm sure there's not a redneck one out there who could identify with the, I can do this. I can do this. I'll get it done. I'll get it done. (laughs) Anyway, there's a great number of things we just cannot do on our own, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, but we can sure have fun trying or learn stuff the hard way trying. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I guess that's kind of how this podcast got started. Yeah, it probably <laughs> is. Just a little bit of life and fun, hard stuff. Anyway. Figuring, figuring stuff out the hard way. Yeah. You so, know, I, we were driving up here from Texarkana the other day, and we passed the <laughs> the overpass uh, where we blew a tire that one time. Oh, yeah. We used to call that our overpass because we spent many hours there that time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We... Uh, well, I'll let you get in on that story since you were you were kind of the one running the show. I just kind of sat on the side of the road for about four hours. <laughs> Man, not much of a story to that one. Just you know, going down the road, not at, when something happens that you weren't anticipating, you know, and not only weren't anticipating, but because you weren't anticipating it, you weren't you were totally not prepared for. You blew a tire off the trailer. What did we have? we had a tractor on that time, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think we had a tractor and a bush hog on there, and and we really weren't what maybe maybe uh five or five miles or so from our our exit on the interstate, you know. Uh, I think it was a little further than that, but the annoying part was you had to drive all the way back to Hope, Arkansas. Oh man, I had to go leave them on the side of the road, unhook from the trailer to get the tire off, go find. It's a weird time of weekend, naturally, and so there ain't a, you know there's no place to get a tire. I don't know. 
But, uh, golly, all over the country. But I did meet some people and get to talk about Jesus some. And uh, <laughs> so that's the way it always works out, man. <laughs> yes, sir, when you're always looking for those opportunities. Yeah, I remember. I would forgot about going back to Hope. I did go all the way back to Hope to some hardware store there. And they pointed me to some other store. And finally, uh, yeah, there's a dude there. Had, we had a pretty cool conversation, but finally got a new tire and got on there and got back on the road. And what do you know? That's a, I just happened to think of that story, but rich person, me, rich person, Nick Hyman, I think it was rich, and uh, pretty sure it was me, rich person, Nick Hyman, and Alex Barron. Man, you are pulling some names out of the hat tonight. I'm, I, Nick Hyman might not have been there, but I know Alex was there because he sat around playing with his teeth forever. <laughs> Well, you can talk it like Nick was there. We'll, uh, that way we'll tag Nick and <laughs> let him listen. <laughs> anyway, so what are you talking about? I'm talking about the the side of the road crew. Oh, were all those people with us? Uh, maybe I misremember. No, Nick Nick definitely wasn't with us, but I'm I'm pretty positive Alex was there. Man, I forgot I about, yeah, I forgot about, yeah, Nick did come up here a time or two. What? Helped, helped us work on this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Barron come up here a time I'm. I want to say Alex Barron was there. I'm. I'm pretty sure it was, cause the, the trailer, you. We were hauling two trailers up here. Man, you got me. I. I that's been so long. I don't. I just remember, that ramp, that exit. I mean that little that bridge, and that exit. Cause we. It was a pain getting everything back together. Man, you don't. You got to talk about Alex Barron. Uh. I don't. I don't even remember him being on that trip that time, but I remember some other times with him. That guy. It seemed like every time he'd come around, I know he thought this stuff happened to us all the time. Well, I guess maybe it does happen to us all the time. But uh, it, man, it, it happens to you more often than it happens to me. But more times than not, if we're gonna hang out together, there's probably gonna be a story coming. Something's out of it. gonna happen. One weekend, Alex. Uh, this guy, Alex Barron. I, I met him at a. Man, I was I was gonna I was gonna preach at uh this this thing called I had never been there, never done this before. I met some guy and he said, Man, would you come preach at my camp meeting? I'm having a cowboy up there and, and uh anyway, just a bunch of rednecks in the middle of rural Arkansas showed up out there and under a big tent and uh, and uh anyway, just a bunch of rednecks in the middle of rural Arkansas showed up out there and under a big tent and uh man, it was cool. I'd never done anything like that before, but uh Anyway, we uh just keep rolling. Okay, we're just gonna keep rolling. I got a little, a little notification here on our. <laughs> we talked about how we're totally uh maybe something not altogether technically savvy. Got a little notification from our recording device that something freaky is going on. Well, no kidding. We've been having something freaky going on all night. That's the story of our life. That's what we're doing, telling stories about freaky things going on. Anyway, I showed up at this camp meeting, and uh, man, I'm I'm there preaching, and there's this kid. He, He's about 19 years old. He'd just gotten saved a few weeks before. He drove down from way up in Oklahoma by himself because he'd met somebody, told him about this meeting. He had just met Jesus and was wanting to hang out with some people that were Jesus freaks. And, man, because of some things the Lord did that day under that tent, you know, we sort of made a connection. He got my number, and then he called me a time or two. And the next thing I know, man, uh, on a Friday evening, that dude showed up at my house in ogden arkansas <laughs> showed up at our house i didn't know he was coming he just got bored and decided he'd come spend the weekend with us you know and i uh, showed up at the house my wife had never met him he said hey surprise i'm here 
And, um, you know, we were like, uh, hey, we, I don't even really know this guy, you know. And so, man, that matter of fact, I was like, hey, dude, uh, he said, I think I'll just come stay the weekend with you. And I'm like, hmm. Hey, that would be nice. Uh, well, we ended up, we had a camper set up in the backyard. And I said, hey, you know, the house is kind of full because we got a bunch of kids in here. But uh, you can sleep in this camper out here. We still laugh about it, man. He said, you remember y'all didn't even know me? I showed up at your house, and you made me sleep in the camper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember. But, man, Alex kind of sort of became part of our family and uh, semi-orphaned. He wasn't. He was not an orphan, but he had a, he had a uh, little family, you know, some family dynamics there that, that, that just made his life interesting. So he was sort of by himself, and... So he just came and started spending holidays, man. He spent lots of Christmas and Thanksgivings with us. You remember that? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Vaguely. I, I do also remember that he had all the kids uh, eating out of his hand. He always brought us those uh, uh, root beer and a glass bottle. I don't remember what brand it was, but it is the best root beer I think I've ever had in my oh, life. Oh, you probably IBC root beer or something yeah. like that. Oh, Alex. Hey, that one weekend he came down to Ogden. Uh, that was one of those weekends that we went to the emergency room with with uh two james. of you guys you know two different occasions and then i think he was here when james got the hair wrapped around his he finger was. and we had to go to the er yeah and uh i can't remember if it was the same weekend when jonathan jumped out of the treehouse and dislocated his collarbone and oh, and ate that him. mushroom and was hallucinating and we ended up having to take him to the er i told that story just the other day I, just yesterday actually when i was out visiting steve oh really yes sir uh <laughs> Hey, and you know what? That same weekend, and on Sunday that day, we done been to the ER twice. Uh, had had several different events happen, and and then there was a terrible accident right down from a church, right about church time, and a dude accidentally pulled out in front of a train. And uh, yeah. as a matter of fact, Alex, he's a lot younger than me, long legs. Boy, they yelled at us. They said, "Hey, this is so we're running. It's about three blocks from the church house, and man, we're running from the church house down to the train tracks. And man, I was smoking him. I figured that long-legged young Alex, he's gonna run me in the ground. I was like, "Come on, man!" I was way ahead of him, and I felt like you know, was that passage in John chapter twenty when uh, you know, John, the writer of the gospel, does not refer to himself by name. Yeah. Always, when he's writing in the Gospel of John, he'll refer to himself as the one whom Jesus loved. And so uh, a dude called me the other day, and he said, man, who's the one whom Jesus loved? He said, it's got to be John. I said, yeah, it's John. He said, that's hilarious, because in John chapter 20, it talks about after the resurrection that that, uh, that, the, that one whom Jesus loved, when, when, when the one whom Jesus loved and Peter were running to the empty tomb, the one whom Jesus loved did beat Simon to the tomb. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, man, I'm smoking Alex running down here to this accident at the train tracks. And I'm like, where is Alex? And I figured he'd just, I figured I'd be trying to catch up with him. When I turned around, he's struggling to make it down there. I had forgotten that that dude had a pacemaker. You know, he had a heart <laughs> issue, you know. And so by the time he gets down there, you know, I said, what in the world? Why did I beat you down here, you young, long-legged ox? You know, and he said, did you forget about my heart? I'm about to have a stroke, man. <laughs> he's, oh, I, I had totally forgotten. At any rate, yeah, quite a weekend. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Never know. And if y'all hadn't figured out, we, uh, we we ain't planned this episode out, so we're just kind of going everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, back to the poisonous mushroom. I don't guess we've told that story on here. No. 
Yeah. Hey, you know what we need to do when we get your mom on here? We tell that story with your mom. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's you're a good right. one. We're going to do an episode like that pretty soon. Remind me to bring that one up because she was the one that was involved in that more than more than anybody else. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that when we get her. All right. And and for those of you who are kind of putting two and two together, we're going to have a, a real fun episode upcoming. I think uh, in total it's going to be... Uh, both me and dad and, and the wives, my mom and, and my wife. You think it's, we think it's going to be fun. Well, it it may not be fun for us, but it'll probably be a blast for you listeners. (laughs) (laughs) The thing we're a little bit nervous about is we like to tell our stories the way we like to tell our stories. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, anyway, everybody doesn't remember the stories the way we remember the stories, you know? Yes, sir. So, anyway, there may be some correcting going on. we got to be selective, son, on which stories we tell. Well, we we just made one selection, and we'll let Mom kind of spearhead that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know, my Mom has said for years, uh, and mainly referring to, well, I say years, when I was getting ready to get married, my Mom sat me down and she said all right son you need to understand something if there's one thing i've learned from all the years in the ministry and all this kind of marital counseling type stuff that we've done it's there are three sides to every story and you follow the same logic on the story many people involved there's as many many sides to the story as there are people people involved (laughs) plus one well, it's just because of perspective. You know, you got a different perspective. Yes, sir. yes If sir. you fall off the top of the house and I watch you from the bottom, that's a pretty interesting perspective from my point of view. Yeah. But you saw something totally different <laughs> than what I saw. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to that story in a minute before I get too, too <laughs> off track. But you, so there's there's your perspective, there's their perspective, and then there's there's the whole shebang of what actually happened. So, <laughs> right. Lord willing, we remember our our perspectives reasonably and then it's up to the listeners to put together what actually happened <laughs> but speaking of falling uh long long ways uh it reminds me of two stories uh one is uncle kevin uh way back when he was younger yeah. and you'll have to fill me in on the details here but he fell off of a a, a hey, two-story house i'm telling you he's falling off a bunch of stuff well, yes, sir, I remember that. But there's one time in particular that you went up to see him in the hospital after he'd fallen off a house. And, and uh, as memory serves, you were in there at the same time that the guy who watched him fall off was in there. And uh, the old boy asked Uncle Kevin, uh, and we'll have to have Uncle Kevin on here one day, kind of correct us if we're a little wrong. But the old boy, yeah. old boy asked Uncle Kevin, he said, I just got one question for you, man. Why on God's green earth... Did you stick your hands up and yell woohoo when you come off the side of that building? <laughs> yeah. With to which my uncle Kevin says, "Well, I figured the worst of it was going to be when I landed, and I didn't have much of an option then, so I might as well have fun on the way down." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about how he said that. I don't think I actually went to the hospital to see him because he was in Tennessee. And uh, as a matter of fact, if I remember right, I was helping. We were plumbing a church in Linden, Texas. And I got a phone call. A lady come running out to me. She said, are you Brother Todd? And I said, well, it depends. And uh, she said, you have a brother named Kevin? And I said, yeah. I said, there's been this accident. you know. So she tells this whole story. But that's exactly what happened. He said he started sliding. When he slid, started sliding down that roof. He said he just went, woo He said, my first thought was, okay, uh, 
There's going to come a point here in just a little bit when I'm not going to be able to enjoy much at all. So the next few seconds, I might as well enjoy it, just like I'm going down a slide. But you know what? That, no, no, it was a different time because we're mixing up a couple stories. Well, yeah, we need to call him in. Mm-hmm. We need to call him in on a, on another future episode. We need to just call him in, let him tell some uh, the time I nearly killed myself stories. But uh, on that particular occasion, well, he's sliding down the side the of The time he nearly killed himself. The time you nearly killed yourself and he was there, or the time he nearly killed you, because there's, there's a whole parcel of all three of those. There's a combination of those. That time, though, he's sliding down the house going, woohoo, and the dude on the ground said, man, you are, what, that sucker is crazy. Fortunately for him, he said he didn't realize it, but there was one tow board that had been nailed. This roof was a, a 12-12 pitch, which puts the roof on a 45-degree angle. <laughs> he said it was one tow board one tow board nailed on the bottom edge of the roof and he managed to catch it and it kept him from going off the side hey and another time he said now we'll have to ask him about this stuff we need to get somebody else that was there he said he was sliding down the roof one time and he had a nail gun in his hand a little staple gun like the one i shot myself with upstairs here and uh as he's sliding down the roof he recognizes he said this is why you wear baggy pants when you're doing a job like this because if you wear baggy pants, you got options. And he said, while he's sliding down the roof, he just grabbed his pants leg, knowing he was going to go off. He just grabbed his pants leg, and real fast, he shot himself to the roof. Uh, while he's sliding down, it, you know, just jerked his pants leg over and just shot nails through his, those staples through his pants leg, and it stopped him from sliding off the house. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Hey, hey I'm telling you. We'll have to tell about his most recent fall. It's a, the mo- it was it was one of the worst ones when he. But he's always been doing this kind of stuff or getting me to fall, you know. <laughs> uh, but but he's fallen way more than I have, man. And that's just because he's just so gutsy. Probably that's what it is. He's so gutsy. Mm-hmm. You're so gutsy, Kevin. I know you're gonna listen to this. You're just a man's gutsy man. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> I was talking to our grandmother not too long ago, and uh, she. one day we were at our grandma's house, and she had these china berry trees in the backyard. And, man, you missed out on this, son. Uh, but our growing up, man, uh, me and your Uncle Kevin and, and Uncle Tim got in on some of it, but, man, my cousins, Chris and Mike and, and Monty and, and uh, man, all, the, all that crew, we uh we had these china berry fight. We climb up these china berry trees and have wars with china berries. Didn't things stink, by the way? If you ain't never messed around with china berries, they're nasty. But we, well, we had china berry fights. Anyway, we climbing in this china berry tree right behind my grandmother's house, and Kevin was like a monkey man. He done climbed way up in that tree, and I heard something go snap. And he's probably about twenty five feet up the tree, and I think he might have been eight or nine years old. And I heard something snap, and I looked up because I was about halfway up to where he was. As I looked up, saw the limb break, and I watched him come all the way down. Bam! He hit the ground on his back. Woo! And when he hit the ground, washing dishes, looking out the kitchen window. Mm-hmm. So she watched the whole thing. <laughs> she liked to have a stroke. She come outside screaming, Oh my God! She come outside screaming, Oh my God! I'm gonna die! Oh, you are- and so he's which, laying on the which ground. was not an uncommon occurrence oh no man between my grandmother and my mom you know there have been lots of adrenaline moments i mean you'd think it'd be us we're the adrenaline junkies we, we created it intentionally uh they're the adrenaline survivors 
<laughs> my grandma runs out there and she's like, Oh, he's dead, he's dead, did he break his neck? You know, and he's laying on the ground going, Oh, oh, oh. he's yelling, it scared the snot out of him, man. But he's, oh, 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 he can't breathe, it's knocked his breath out. Hey, before the moment's over, Grandma done thought he broke his back or his neck or something. She's about ready to call 911. And then next thing you know, Kevin is, <laughs> he's running around in about a 10-foot circle holding his lower back. He's, he's still not completely regained his breath, but he's yelling, I can't walk, I can't walk, I can't walk. But he's running around in circles, you know, running around Grandma. And she's like, she's crying anyway. Well, One he of can't many walk, moments. but he could sure run. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. while, we're, while we're on the topic of uh, falling out of stuff still before we... Get off any, on any other tangents. I was going to say the other story it reminds me of was that time we, you and Uncle Timo decided to drag me out in the woods and, and set the deer stands in the swamp. Oh, my word. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, I, yeah, I still feel that fall. I imagine you do. Uh-huh. How old were you? About four? I was three or four. But I don't think Peter was born yet, so I, I think you, you had to be about, you had to be almost, you had to be around four or so. But anyway, goodness gracious, yeah, buddy, I felt a long way that time, and it, I, I, uh, I, I was hanging a deer stand. I take we rode four-wheelers in there. You remember that? We rode four-wheelers in there. No. The reason I remember was trying to start that four-wheeler after I fell out of that tree. Uh, but anyway, but I do remember watching you struggle to get out of that truck. Oh man, we we were hanging these deer stands, and we had three we were gonna hang. One for me, one for my brother Tim, and we was gonna hang one for my dad. Well, we got down there, and, and uh, Tim went his way, and Drew and I went my way, and I had I had this 15-foot climbing stick, and I strapped it to the tree, and uh, I got it strapped to the tree. Well, I had rubber well, boots on. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, never mind. I had rubber boots on, so I, I, if you don't know what a climbing stick is, then it's your own fault. You hadn't lived. Uh, <laughs> or you hadn't fact, fallen off one. Or hadn't fallen off one, yeah. Matter of fact, this one was homemade, but that's not why I fell off of it, okay? It, the stick didn't break. I welded it up. I did weld one that broke one time, but it was my dad's. <laughs> anyway, uh, man, I climbed to the top of this climbing stick, and I have reached. I swung around to reach around that tree to to hang a strap that I had that I was gonna hang my stand on, you know. And when I swung around, uh, man, my I had a little bit of water on the bottom of that rubber boot, and I was on the top of that stick. My well, well, before you go too much further, where he was setting this thing was about. I don't know it. I was three or four, so distances aren't my forte at that age, obviously. But I'd be willing to guess you was about, oh, five or ten yards. The tree is five or ten yards in, in the bog or in the slough over there. No, the it's right. it was right on the edge of it because when I fell, my head went in the water. Uh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, it was on the bottom. It was on the bottom edge. It's right on the edge of Pond Creek. This place is now called Pond Creek National Wildlife Refuge. And, uh, well, no, I'm sorry, not refuge. Some of y'all be panicking. We wasn't killing deer off a of refuge. It was a wildlife <laughs> management area. We were managing the deer. At any rate, it was right on the edge of Pond Creek, though. Yeah. Because when I fell, well, had that water on my boot. When I turned, my boot slipped off that top step, and it was nothing to grab. And so I just fell backwards, and as I'm falling, it was a long fall. I've never fallen looking straight up. But when you fall 15 feet <laughs> looking straight up and you don't see what I was trying to get turned over so I could see what was underneath me, man, you know, so I could see how I needed to react. And so as I turned, uh, as I turned, I, man, I still never saw what it was till later. 
but I, I landed on a couple of landed on the side of a cypress knee. Fortunately, if I'd have been about six inches over, I'd landed on top of that on mm-hmm. the point of that cypress knee. And uh, but fortunately, I hit it. It was about three feet tall. I hit it about halfway down on my ribs and and uh, oh my word! But when I hit the ground, man, it was a thud. Mm, that it was. I remember that. I, hit, I to this day, I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like that. And I've I've seen some <laughs> stuff. Man, I hit that ground. Woo! Bouncing off that cypress knee, and when I did, my head, my my shoulder was right at the edge of the creek. My head went all the way down under the water, and then and then back up. And so I was like, "Man, I'm in shock. I'm not sure just exactly what happened. All I know is I don't feel normal anymore." And uh, I didn't even know where I was. I was so dazed for a second. There was no air in my lungs, like zero. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I could not get a breath of air. I completely forgot you were there uh, because I lost it. Man, I'm just trying to suck some air from somewhere. I need to breathe. And uh, when I finally got to where I could almost breathe, it was just a... And when I when I when I made that noise, you were sitting. You might have been like twenty twenty yards away, sitting on the edge of that little knoll. I don't think I was that far because you managed to crawl up to me right after you. Oh man! Realized I was there when I when I tried to suck it in. I went. Uh-uh. You know what? Drew, Drew was like, Daddy, Daddy. You know, and that's when I, I was like, Oh my gosh, he's watching me. I was scared. You know, I knew I I was scared. I was hurt. I, I was knowing something is not right here. And uh, and he and he was Daddy. So I thought I said, oh, oh, oh. I got enough air. I said, hey, Daddy's okay. Daddy's okay. I'm, I said, I'm going to be just, I'm, Daddy's fine. And I went to try to sit up, and you know, I plopped right back over. and said, nope, Daddy's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd already, I'd, I, I remember watching you fall, and uh, I remember, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you, you, you I knew you weren't fine, <laughs> just from the sheer uh, response that you had. But now what I do remember is you... You told me to, you, that I needed to go in this direction and find Uncle Timo, and I'm I'm three or four, and in my mind I'm in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere, and oh, I'm starting yeah. to put two and two together. I have no clue where Uncle Timo is. Right. Hey, but it, you didn't have to go find him, did you? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> no, man. That's what I remember. I was still on the ground. I mean, I couldn't get up. Hey, you you did manage to crawl over to me. Well, I had yeah, but about that time I heard. I heard something coming through the woods, and I looked up, and it was like a levee that Drew was kind of sitting on the side of this well, levee when well, I fell. No, you, you you said, Drew, I need you to go. I need you to walk over that little knoll right there and just keep walking and start yelling for your Uncle Timo. And I, I remember I was putting everything together, uh, you know, because uh, I just kind of figured out. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know where Uncle Timo was. All I knew was you was hurt and something wasn't right. And so... I, I specifically remember you gasping for air, getting every ounce of air you could get in your lungs and hollering, Tip! Tip! Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and it yeah. sounded about like that, only yeah. quite louder. Tip! So Tip! We've been talking about getting people on here. If you'll remind me when we get him on here, because we'll have to get him on here to talk about Hocus Racky and some other stuff. But we have to remind him about this story because to hear him tell about it, you know, he said, "I, I look, I looked up, 
I hear something coming through the woods after I yelled or tried to yell Tim. And man, I, I he's flying and all. I, when I look up, all I can see is feet and legs in the air. Because <laughs> he come running through those woods and jumped off of that levee, that little embankment, and flew down there where I was. And he said, oh, my God. He said, man. He said, I was hanging my stand. He said, do you know how far I was? He was a pretty good ways up Pond Creek. And he said, man, I heard something. And I thought, doggone, a tree fell. And he said, a couple seconds later, I heard, damn. And I thought, oh, crud. <laughs> he said, man, when you hit the ground, it sounded like a tree fell. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that was a painful ordeal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. To this day, I don't think I've ever seen him move so fast. Man, he was rolling that day. He was trying to help me out of there, and we got to the four-wheelers. And, you know, mine, I had a pull start, uh, old Polaris four-wheeler. And, and uh, man, I, it was, uh, <laughs> he said, I'll start it off. He started my four-wheelers. I think you'll have to because I can't jerk on a rope. We got the four-wheeler started, and we got back to the truck. And uh, he said, you want me to drive? I said, no, I'm going to drive. So I got in, and he said, man, where are you going? I said, we're going to hang that last stand. He said, what are you talking about? We're going to the emergency room. I said, no. I said, look, man, I am a professional at hurting myself. And I'm just telling you that the thing to do right now, I'd rather hurt now than hurt later. So what I got to do is I got to work this out before I get stoved up. I'm mm-hmm. fixing to hang this other stand. He's like, you are nuts. So he went down there with me. And we got up there, and I and I got Daddy's stand hung, and I got back in the truck, and it was an hour's drive back to the house. And I'm gonna tell you, hanging my dad's stand, that I kept thinking, well, I know I told him I was gonna work it out, but good lord, I didn't know it was gonna hurt this much to work it out. But anyway, got it all, got it all hung, drove the hour drive back home, and by the time we got to Nan and Papa's house. Man, I couldn't hardly move. Matter of <laughs> fact, we had to cut my left boot off my left foot. I don't remember that, but I remember. Uh, what? What? I'm vehicle? glad it was my left boot that was on my left foot. Still, oh, anyway. well, yeah. <laughs> uh, what? Ve- I don't remember what vehicle we took down there. Oh man, we were in my we were in that red Ford pickup of mine. Oh, it, did you drive back? Yeah, I drove back. Uh, I, I, I sure did, because so. Tim was like, oh, "I'll drive." I said, "No, I can drive." Because I remember I was having to use, it was a standard, and I was having to use that clutch. And I was like, man, this hurts. Man, this hurts. Closer I got to home, the harder it was to use that clutch. And by the time we got out of the truck, I couldn't walk, man. And we had to cut my boot off my left foot. My ankle was so swollen up, I well, couldn't get it off. Now, I may be mixing up two different stories because I was pretty young at the time. But, as I remember, you couldn't reach over to open your door. That might be right. Well, here's what I definitely remember. I remember... Uh, I had called, I called you mama. I can't remember if I waited till we got to Nanny and Papa's. Yeah, I waited till we got to Nanny and Papa's because cell hey, phones weren't a thing back I then. I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah, but, well, yeah. they were a thing, but I only know cell phone. You know, this was in the late 90s, and it was in 98 when this happened. And I, I didn't have a cell phone, you know. I didn't want to worry about no cell phone, but hey, this that fall out of that tree is the is the reason I bought my first cell phone because I thought, mm. okay, I ain't, I'm not going to quit coming down here hunting. But I'm probably not going to quit hurting myself either. So <laughs> I probably might. If I'm going to go way down in here by myself, I probably need to be able to get a hold of somebody. So I bought one of them Sprint phones. <laughs> and there ain't no signal down there with a Sprint phone. But anyway, it don't matter. I don't think there's any signal with any phone. Down there. <laughs> Last time I went down there, you could 
forget getting any service of any kind. <laughs> Almost like this place most of the time. Yeah. Well, that night when we, I called you mama when I got to Nan and Papa's house, and I said, hey, uh, I think you might ought to come down here and take me to the hospital. And so, <laughs> anyway, when we got to the emergency room, that goofy dude at the emergency room, he said, okay, I need you to, what I need you to do, Mr. Reed, I need you to cross your legs and reach with your arms and twist your upper torso around about about 90 degrees or more and twist your body so I can get this x-ray. And I looked at him and I said, Mr., if I could cross my legs and twist my torso around, I wouldn't be in the emergency room. <laughs> Man, there ain't going to be no doing that, but I did. And uh, anyway, and fortunately, I didn't break my back. I didn't break my brain. I, I did... Uh, I did manage to do some pretty good fracturization to about three ribs. And uh, if you've ever broke any ribs or fractured any ribs, man, that's a painful booger, boy. Oh, it ain't no, I've never done it. But well, here's what I know. You can't work it out by hanging another deer stand. <laughs> well, uh, this might just be a little bit of a storytelling episode. <laughs> uh, I remember... I guess the the working it out's kind of carried over. I don't know if that's genetic or just watching you, but uh, <laughs> do you remember when I broke my foot at church camp? Oh yeah, sure do. <laughs> uh, I still don't know how I broke it. I, I'm I'm pretty notorious for hurting myself doing nothing and doing crazy <laughs> stuff and not hurting myself. But uh, I mean, well, I mean, I've had a horse fall on me and didn't break a bone. Uh, yeah. I've had a horse fall on me a couple times, and that's never broken a bone. But no, I, you, you had it. Uh, you, well, we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a miracle I can walk on my right foot, I, I guess. guess. you're right, man. <laughs> I ain't uh, never seen nobody flatten a stirrup out and not hurt their foot. But anyway. Uh, but I I don't know. I guess I was eight or nine, uh, somewhere in there, maybe a little older. And uh, we was up at, at a church camp up in Lonsdale, and I was playing dodgeball. And the crazy thing was, you'd think you'd hurt yourself playing dodgeball, playing dodgeball. But I'd done been pegged out. I was on the sidelines, and uh, a ball went out of the, the little playing area, out, out of bounds. And I said, oh, I'll go get it. And I, I wasn't even running. I don't even know if you'd call what I was doing jogging, you know. It was just, just uh, kind of shuffling across this field to go get that ball. And I stepped in the hole. Rolled my foot plumb over and put weight on it funny. And, boy, something didn't feel right about the way I landed on it. But I got the ball, threw it back. The longer I got to standing there, my foot kind of hurt. So whoever was standing there, I don't remember who it was, said, you need to go up there and, and sit out and, and take some weight off your foot. So I sat there and I took my shoe off. And from what I can remember, my foot started swelling a little bit. But I was all right, you know. There's no way I'd, I'd done nothing more than twist my ankle and give it a little bit. And I guess this was, was a week-long church camp, so I guess this would have been either Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, it came time to go back to the little, I almost said barracks room, uh, <laughs> dorm room down there. And uh, it was, uh, it, oh, that was the year that they were remodeling or something, the dorm rooms that were right there in the thing. So we had a yeah. quarter-mile walk yeah, I, down we, to the we center We had block. never stayed in them dorms Good so far down there. Way down, yeah. Well, I think I lost about... 10 pounds just walking but anyway uh it was a quarter mile from anything at the camp one way and uh we got ready to go i jumped up and put my weight on that foot and it just wasn't gonna hold it so i managed to limp myself over to the church van and uh well we didn't know it at the time but my mother-in-law was driving the church van she said hop on in i'll drive you down there so she drove me down there 
And uh, I, I don't remember all the timelines and everything, but I, I remember. Uh, uh, let's just pause right here and make sure we clarify this. How, how old were you when this happened? Uh, probably about eight or nine, something like yeah. that. He did not have a mother-in-law when he was eight or nine. No, no, no. The no. lady driving the church van ended up being his mother-in-law. Yeah, Miss yeah. Tanya. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I said we didn't know it at the time. <laughs> we didn't know it at the time, yeah. The woman who is my mother-in-law. Just, <laughs> yeah, just to correct that. But anyway, uh, I, I was limping around, hobbling around. Dad told me, oh, it can't be worse than a sprained ankle. I don't think it's too bad. It doesn't look too bad. Well, man, and, you wouldn't think you could run as far as you did, do what all you did, go, you know. Well, I walked foot. all the way. I walked all the way to the auditorium and back on it. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> that next day, boy, it was swole up and stove. I could. I was walking it off and walking it off. <laughs> One of those counselors, I don't remember who it was, said, boy, you're going to throw your shoulder out of socket trying to put weight on that foot. I think you ought to just... Yeah, I just skipped the the meeting tonight and stay here in the dorm room. So I stayed there and and uh, I, it was two or three days later. Camp was over and we were going home. And Dad said, "Is that foot still bothering you?" I said, "Yeah, it still kind of bothers me. I'm having a hard time putting weight on it." He said, "Well, if it's still bothering you, when we get to the house, we're gonna go to the doctor's office." I said, "All right." So we got to the house. I still couldn't put any weight on it. So he said, "All right, hop in the truck." I've been walking on it for two and a half days. And uh, just working it out. and Just work it out. It's no big deal. All right, I'll do it. Walked a quarter mile. Well, I probably walked almost a mile and a half on it. Back and forth to to food and everything else. <laughs> we got up to the doctor's office. And that lady said, all right. This is what reminded me of that. He's, she said, all right, I need you to put your foot on here. So they got you up on that x-ray table. I don't right. understand. Maybe a nurse can tell me what it is about x-rays. They want you to get in the one position you can't get in. Yeah, exactly. Every time. That's what, take the that's, x-ray. That's exactly what happens every time. Every time. So they laid me on this. Mr. This, Reed. They laid me on this little x-ray table. And this lady says, all right, what I need you to do is I need you to contort your leg this funny way. And then I need you to put your foot flat down on this cold piece of steel. And then I need you to push like you're putting weight on it and kind of do it, lift your butt off the table just to put weight on it so we can get a good picture. And I said, uh, ma'am, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or nothing, but I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> well, after about five minutes, we managed to get it done and <laughs> they took the x-ray. And, uh, and you know how it is in the doctor's office. They put you in the room and then they put the x-rays up on uh, up on the little display right. light thing there and dad walks over and says uh i ain't no doctor but i'm pretty sure that bone right there's not supposed to be in two pieces <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's not supposed to look that way <laughs> every other bone has a joint looking thing right there but yours has got a gap right there maybe we should have brought you to the doctor's office sooner but i just kept telling him i'm fine i'll keep going anyway <laughs> yep well, that was nothing like when you when you broke your brother's arm, though, man. Oh, but that, that was an X-ray from Hades. Oh, and we still got that one. We kept that one big and blown up there at the house. I, yes, I have never. J James had a had an accident on a trampoline. Drew was well. Drew, now let, let Drew me, just broke his arm. That's oh, all. Oh, yeah. He just catapulted him way uh, up in. He got underneath the trampoline, shoved him way up in the air. I, I wasn't underneath the trampoline. I was on top of the trampoline. Oh, you remember how there. you used to launch us? Well, you used to lay us on your feet and fly yep you know we were superman or however you want to say that oh, I do it yeah. with now well what i i figured out is if them boys sat on on 
on my if I laid on my back and got kind of in a, a position like I was going to squat something, uh-huh. they would sit on my feet and I could push with my legs and throw them straight up in the air and then it it became a game of you know who could land not land on their rear end but instead land on their feet across the other side of the trampoline (laughs) well me and james was on there i said james let me launch you because he was the smallest and the youngest i could launch him the the furthest uh but before i go any further the the slightly ironic part of this story was james when he got hurt always went straight to i think i broke it i think i broke it i think i broke it and he you know he would freak out over that and it it may have been earlier that day that he'd done that and I was, oh, let me look at it oh I, oh and being the oldest brother you know I, I guess i thought i knew everything uh but anyway i t- i told uh i told james it's either the day before or earlier that day he'd heard himself oh i think i broke it i think i broke it i said james listen i'm tired of you crying wolf all the time if you break something as somebody who's broken something before you you're gonna know you're not gonna think you're gonna know you broke it <laughs> Well, he sat down on my feet and I launched Says him. Says the guy who went all the way across camp with a broke foot. But anyway, oh, yeah. Go ahead. But anyway, I, I launched him uh, a little too high. And what happened is uh, James uh, has always been not scared of heights, but he didn't like heights. And what he really didn't like was, uh, well, he he fell just like you did out of that tree stand. Because when I launched him up, he'd gotten too high up on my feet. Right. So when I shoved him, it shoved his feet out from under him, so he fell straight back. And when he fell straight back, he's freaking out, and he stuck his arm straight out behind him to catch himself, and his elbow don't bend that way, so something had to give. (laughs) And uh, uh, what's that? He broke his arm right above his elbow. Yeah, he broke both bones just above above the elbow. I started to name both bones, but I hate to get... Yeah, you know, wrong parts of the anatomy out there. People make fun yes, of it when you. Now do I do that. remember what bone I broke, just because I have no clue how I remember it. Honestly, it's the metatarsal. Yeah, you broke a metatarsal, and I want to say uh, it's the fifth one, uh, but I'm sure we'll have a nurse or or a doctor that <laughs> listens to this. And man, you know, when James, when they call me and he says, "You got me, Debbie, call me. You gotta get home. You gotta get home." I get down well, the house. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Well, he came down and I heard it snap. And that kid jumped up, he turned at me, and he started doing this weird dance with his feet because he didn't know what else to do. And he squealed at the top of his lungs, I broke it, I broke it, I broke it. It it wasn't, I think I broke it. (laughs) He screamed, I broke it, I broke it, I broke it. But anyway, go ahead. When I get the phone call, and it's just borderline hysterical, but actually pretty pretty well controlled, you know, (laughs) semi pretty much. But it's obvious that something uh, traumatic has happened. So I'll make it to the house there in a couple of minutes. And uh, when I walk in, uh, Debbie is, is holding him. And I guess James was probably, uh, I'm not sure how old James was, like seven or something like that? No. I don't think he was that old. Hang on a minute. Let's think about this because, yeah, he, well, he could have been. Well, he could have been. Six or seven, but anyway. Uh, at any rate, so <laughs> he is he's he's standing there, she's holding him and when she when she shows his arm to me, 
I said, yeah, I need to take him on down there. She said, what do you, what do you, what do you think? I said, well, it's clearly broken. You're not supposed to have an arm in the shape of a W. No. You know, it's just not normal. Well, so anyway, well, I to, loaded him up in the in the car and took him to the ER. To paint you a, a very, was well, as close of a picture as I can, at that point in his life, James's arms were... Uh, smaller in diameter than a, a pool noodle less than stellar well yeah but <laughs> uh I, I would i would compare him to about a of what uh I, he'll I end know. up listening to this he's pretty bowed up now though oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. bowed up but anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh well i was trying to think of something to compare it to in size well it, it's about the size of a it, it, a little smaller in in diameter than the uh, the poles on a trampoline protection net. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Fair to say. Probably considerably smaller. Uh, but his um his right arm that he had broken uh was about <laughs> about the size where he broke it of a softball. Oh man, it was a hunk of good. Hey, so when we pull up to the hospital, James, who's normally just Mister Panic stricken. He was the when I get to the house, he's the calmest person there. Uh, of course, he's in shock. <laughs> get him to the hospital, and uh, I said, "Just sit still, son." And he wasn't even crying, no nothing, man. He's 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 you know I, I'm shocked because he you know like you say he he panics at everything, but well, but uh, not man, not this time, no, not anymore. But he did then. So I walk inside the emergency room, and I said, "Hey, can I get one of those wheelchairs real quick for my son? He's he broke his arm, and I'm and they said, "Oh, you think it's broke, huh?" And I said, "Uh." Well, yes, ma'am. And she said, I'll come out there with you. So me and this nurse walk out. James is looking cool as a cucumber, you know, and he's just trying to not pass out or something probably, but he's pretty laid back. And I opened the door, uh, pulled that wheelchair up, and when that lady looks at his arm, she shouted, Oh, my gosh! <laughs> and, she, and when she did, she put her hand over her mouth, and James' eyes got as big as silver dollars, and he busted up crying. I'm like, Nurse lady, come on! <laughs> come on! He was fairly calm till you freaked out, you know? So you know it's pretty wicked looking when the nurse freaks out. Matter of fact... She goes inside, another nurse ends up coming out. And I think later I find out it's because he's just such a little cute kid, you know. And these nurses, that particular nurse just had a hard time seeing that kid with an arm looking like that. So anyway, uh, we get him inside. And, and at that x-ray, you're talking about the weird contortionist positions that make you get in. The, the There were two x-ray, t- two x-ray techs taking the pictures. And uh, and that X-ray tech, this lady, she was crying. The the X-ray tech was crying, and she's in there trying to get him into position where they can X-ray his arm. She's holding his arm. He's crying. She's crying. She didn't even have it. She didn't even put the lead vest on, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just yells at the lady that's in the control room. She said, "Go ahead and take the picture. Just take the picture now." And the lady's like, "Well, you know, you can't." She said, "I'm not worried about a vest. I'm not worried about it. Just take the picture." Because she's crying, James is crying, the arm's looking wicked. And uh, so they, in the x-ray, this lady's, all her jewelry is on. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see all, you can see all her bones, all his bones. Uh, anyway, yeah, tripped out. <laughs> Surgery, uh, hospital for a week, infection in the bone. Yeah, boy, when you jack your brother up, you do it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. Like I told you before, my grandpa told me if you're going to do a job, do it right the, one, the first time. Well, you might as well do it the right way. 
You know what, man? That really makes me think about today. I think I said this earlier. Today is uh, it's August the second, and uh, some of you guys may not. You know, if you've not been around some of the stuff we do, there's there's several different ways that we we recommend people read the scriptures. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know how to read the Bible. You know, yeah. A lot of people, they, they don't know how to, don't know where to start, don't know, or they decide, I'm going to start reading the Bible, but don't know where to read, you know, and, and look, there's not a wrong place to read, but I mean, there are some better places to start than other places if you're really trying to learn and get to know the Word and get to know Jesus, uh, but you can't go wrong anywhere, but there's a, there's some simple methods for, even for believers who've been for a long time uh, after the Word, man, I only started doing this within the past 10 years, what I'm about to share, and it's uh, it's called the Skip 30 Psalms. Uh, the skip 30 Psalms. I read five Psalms a day and, uh, there's 150 Psalms. So if you read five Psalms a day, you end up reading uh, the whole book of Psalms each month. Well, when I call it the skip 30, what, what I'll do is like on the second, which is today, I'd read Psalm two and I'd skip 30, read Psalm 32, then skip 30, read Psalm 62. So on the second, you read Psalm 2, Psalm 32, Psalm 62, Psalm 92, and Psalm 122. All right, so today, uh, being the second, uh, one of the Psalms I read today was Psalm 32. And man, listen to this, especially in light of the conversation uh, we just been having. Well, that's, I'm, I got my Bible open to Proverbs. I was thinking, this don't look anything like what I read this morning. It's supposed <laughs> to be on the right-hand side of the page. Whose Bible did I get? Hang on, let me flip on over here because... Uh, in a lot of our conversation, I didn't even think about the significance of this So you were talking about his arm just a minute ago. And Psalm 32 says this. It says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. And then it says in verse 3, When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, and my vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Okay, I know if you just read that real fast, you don't catch everything he's saying there. But, uh, man, this is a great psalm. But when he starts off, blessed, man, oh, happy is the guy. Great position to be in when your transgression is forgiven. Man, that's that speaks for itself. All of us have messed up, man. All of us are totally depraved. All of us are born not like God, not holy, not righteous. Uh, but you know what? I mean, we're just we're just doing life. I mean, we're just doing life with what we're dealt. You know, we're born this way, and we're just living. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get these stories and life experiences. But in the process, we make some pretty good mistakes. Uh, and oh, blessed is the man who gets whose transgressions or whose law breaking is forgiven, and whose sin is covered and we know that our sin is covered because even just like adam and eve in the garden you remember when when they did what they did and then god shows up uh walking in the cool of the day and adam hid from him and he said why are you hiding he said because i'm naked and he said well, who told you you were naked you know and, and of course that's when he starts saying well that woman she messed the whole day up you know but at any rate, they had made themselves coverings out of fig leaves, and God said, no, you'll never be able to make something to cover what needs to be covered. Only I can give you a covering that covers it. So that's the first time when it, it appears that, that, that death took place, blood was shed, apparently, uh, because God makes skins for them. He makes, he makes a covering for them out of, out of animal skins. 
But anyway, blessed is the he whose transgressions forgiven, whose sin is covered, like God did for Adam and Eve. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. In other words, uh, all your mistakes aren't added to your account. That's a that's a good position to be in. And in whom, in whose spirit there is no deceit. In other words, truth has now overrun your spirit and your life because you've come to faith in God's ability to willfully choose to provide for you in a way where you can be forgiven. But then in verse 3, we've been talking about bones being broken, crushed, and x-rays and all that stuff. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. Mm-hmm. And I, we know that what he's talking about is when I, when I denied that I needed help, when I denied my sin, or when I was a rebellious rootheader and wouldn't turn around and go the other direction, mm-hmm. when I wouldn't repent. Uh, that's, that's when I kept silent. My bones grew old. The reason I know that is because it says in verse 5, but when I acknowledge my sin to you, I acknowledge my sin to you, my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I'll confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And so that's, that's when he gets freedom, when he acknowledges and moves forward. But I wrote some notes on the margin in Psalm 32 here on verse 3. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. And I just wrote down, I think I heard somebody say this in a sermon one time. This is spiritual arthritis. Mm. Spiritual arthritis. Man, my bones are growing old. You know, uh, your bones just get brittle. You remember when your Nana fell on the 4th of July in 2000 and whatever it was? I think that was 2013 maybe. She, she fell and caught herself uh, there at the bridal shop. And man broke both bones in both arms. And that's when she found out that she had some brittle bone stuff going on. Good night, it's tough when your bones start to get old and break easily. Uh, and so here's the psalmist said, man, when I kept silent, my bones grew old. But he's talking in a spiritual sense, man, like a, a spiritual sort of an arthritis. Uh, and, and then through my groaning all the day long for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. And that's how it is, man, when you're being a moron and, and you know you're not doing the right thing and you're running from God and you're not willing to turn around and to repent, uh, there's a because God loves you, and if you're in a, in the place you need to be, you're gonna know in those moments. Mm-hmm. And here's, I mean, this is what the psalmist said: that man, day and night, your hand was heavy on me. In other words, he was he was convicted. Yeah, you know, so he could tell something was up there. But then, you know, then when he goes to say, "Man, my vitality was turned to the drought of summer," and I wrote in my notes. On the side of my, in my margin, that means he was just spiritually dry. And so I just say this to a listener today. Look, whoa, I just I fell out of my chair, man. This next point must be going to be good. I, uh, I just, blow your hair back. Yeah, I just remind you, if you're in a spot where, man, it's heavy, you're spiritually dry, uh, you're dealing with some spiritual arthritis, so you, know, you, you just... If you don't even know what that means, man, you need to, man, get into the Word for a minute. Ask God to give you like a spiritual MRI. Search me, Lord. And uh, and whatever shows up, just deal with it. I mean, and don't waller in it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just say, okay, uh, this part of my life has not been right. This part but, of my life uh, has not been right. And, you know, I don't know if you remember this part, but. Uh, there's a little bit more to that whole story about James breaking his arms. Well, I was tore up because I knew I'd done it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, felt terrible. Yeah, felt horrible. Punk uh, brother, big yeah, bully. Uh, 
we thought that, that mom was about to send me to the hospital because I decided to take all my frustration out on the brick wall behind the house. And just Punched the brick wall. Yeah. So I you still, hear that, Rich? Yeah. <laughs> 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 there you go, rich person. I hope that makes you feel a little bit better. But oh, I, I sure, turn, sure enough turned around, punched the brick wall uh, right there, behind the, right beside the back door at that house we was living in. And uh, uh, it, it ate me up for oh two or three days and i was boy I, couldn't nobody talk to me i didn't want nobody messing with me uh dad tried to crack a joke and uh, i just about got my tail in whipped <laughs> is the way i responded to him uh and it, it was it was heavy it was bothering me because i knew i had done something that was not right that inflicted pain on somebody else but i'll never forget when james come back from the hospital and he had a couple and there's a couple things that happened because of all that right but he came and found me in my room and he gave me a great big old hug <laughs> and he said it's okay because i forgive you wow and it felt like i cried right there and there but i, I bawled <laughs> like a little baby once he walked out because it was a weight lifted off of me because i knew that he had come to the point where he was like hey listen i know i'm wearing this cast and i'm the one that's hurting from all this because you're an idiot but but (laughs) don't worry about it i i forgive you it's all said and done it's all in the past and it'll be a good story later on (laughs) well you know that's one of those deals where sometimes you you your intention your intention was for him to have fun uh but what happened did not line up with what your intention or your expectation was you never meant to hurt him you weren't trying to break his arm but stuff happens you know you felt responsible but there's something powerful about forgiveness and when you know even simple picture like that man your baby brother coming up to you and just saying hey it's okay i I forgive you i'm curious how he remembers that whole that whole part of the story but the freedom that comes from that and you know really Because even if two people hear this, I promise you, two out of two are going to have done something in their life mm-hmm. or have had something done to them in their life that need that, that need healing or need forgiveness. And there's sometimes forgiveness is just a choice that you make. It's you know it's, it's you know God forgives us ideally when we repent. Humans don't always repent, and so but if you don't forgive somebody, it, it's just a cancer that eats you up, man, and mm-hmm. destroys. You and at some point, sometimes forgiveness is just a choice, but it's amazing the freedom that comes, and then also for you, the power that you have to bring healing to somebody else who may be feeling guilty. If you just said, Look, man, hey, I, I forgive you, it's let's just put that behind us, and you know, I forgive you. And, and it may be a case you can tell somebody, I can't even blame you to be honest with you, and, but that may not be the case. But just, I don't know, it's powerful to choose to forgive, it's great to know you are forgiven. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 32, 1, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, his sins covered. Uh, and then he goes on to say, Hey, when I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity, I didn't hide anymore. I said, I will confess my sin to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. All those words mean something in particular special, but the bottom line is this. That's how it worked in King David's day, and that's how it works in our day, you know? Mm-hmm. Step number one is to acknowledge I don't have it all right, but to acknowledge there's a gracious, loving God who made a way for me. And that's why why he punished Jesus on the cross, not because Jesus deserved it, but because 
that was his purpose for existing so that God might pour out all of it, that God might be, that's what Romans 2 says, that he is both just and the justifier of those who place their faith in Christ, basically, because God has to punish sin, but Jesus came, that's what, there's this theological term, Woo! I just remembered a big word, man, it's called substitutional atonement substitutional atonement and that's what it means that jesus was our substitute on the cross paying the penalty for our sin god placed the weight of all his wrath and anger the discipline for our sin on him so that we could place our faith in christ not just as the one who forgives us but the one who now we want to surrender to the lordship of so that he he now becomes our leader and we follow him with the rest of our days and that happens when when you just start this way, man. I confess my sin to the Lord, uh, and uh, I didn't hide it anymore. I confess my transgressions to the Lord, and, and the Lord forgives me of my sin. That's a great word. Yes, sir. It's a great word. Yes, sir. Well, listen, you guys. Uh, man, it's amazing how fast an hour can go by. Yes, sir. It, it really is. Hey, and before we wrap up, I don't want change the topic or anything i know there's a lot of listeners who are going to be wor- worried wondering not worried but wondering about the bows uh <coughs> <laughs> i know you got well, it in there <laughs> i did i did i'm working on i'm working on some bows up here and uh just praying that the lord reveals what he wants to uh, uh with the bows uh here while i have the opportunity uh with a little bit of time off uh, but that's not what I really wanted to talk about. Uh, for those of you who are interested in, in bow building stuff, I want to give a shout out to, to one of our listeners uh, from, I believe it's Wisconsin. Oh, uh, yeah. I think he is from Wisconsin. Yeah. I, and uh, you're going to have to forgive me, brother, because off the top of my head, I don't remember uh, your given name. But I will say this. If, if you guys are interested in... In seeing some bow building stuff and hearing how it applies to scripture, uh, for those of you who like to watch the old YouTube, you can get on there and search Primitive Preacher. Primitive Preacher, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's got some really good videos, some some good content. There's some there. He's got a few hunts on there, but he's got a lot of videos where he just talks about uh, <clears throat> Jesus and bows, and uh, it's pretty cool. I've I've been following him for a little while. Uh, did you find his name? No. Okay, you pulled your phone out like you was looking for Yeah, it. I was going to try to look up his name. Uh, <laughs> we'll give a shout-out to your name next time, brother. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I hope you, you tune in and hear this shout-out. And uh, <clears throat> for all of you who are curious as to what this bow-building process that I've been talking about looks like, he's got some good videos up there. So uh, please jump on there, like his videos, and uh, let him know what you think and uh subscribe because he puts he's not very he's about like us he's not very regular but he does put good content out when he gets the opportunity so (laughs) yeah hey glad to be able to put a plug in for him listen just want to share this with you guys uh romans 10 19 if you'll confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved because it's with the heart that man believes and is made right with god and when that happens, then the mouth is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. And make it not just a something you say, but something that is a truth. Man, I'm following him with all my days. Hey, if you'd like to talk to somebody or have somebody talk with you on a personal level about this, hey, feel free to shoot me an email. It's brot, B-R-O-T, at windstream.net, W-I-N-D-S-T-R-E-A-M, windstream.net. 
And, uh, hey, we would love to hear from you guys. If you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, man, be sure to rate us and, uh, and share the podcast with your friends. And we're looking forward to being with you guys next time right here on Redneck Redemption. Redemption. And, hey, also, when you send those emails in, for those of uh, you who know us or have heard our stories, uh, feel free to drop a request in there because we got so many of them. As you, you can kind of see, we kind of forget which ones we have and haven't told and whatnot. So if you have a specific request, let us know and we'll work it out. Absolutely. Until next time. Have a great one. one.